This is the Wizards Nightshirt Podcast, episode 78. Welcome to the Wizard's Nightshirt. This is episode number 78. I'm Rebecca, and here with me are Goblin General Scott. That's right. And plucked out of rubble, he's being carried in He-Man's arms. <laughs> it's Will! Oh, He-Man. <laughs> At the Wizard's Nightshirt, we're almost done revisiting <laughs> He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and She-Ra, Princes of Power. Today, we're reviewing episode 110 of He-Man, The Problem with Power. This is the last episode of He-Man! <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever will we do? We will do one more episode after this yeah. is what we'll do. Well, that yeah. is what we'll do, practically. I just meant in a, in a rhetorical sense. We'll carry we him ran out. in our hearts. <laughs> we ran out. We can keep doing them. We can go back and do all the, all the lightning rounds if you guys want. <laughs> all, those, all those wonderful, That's wonderful true. episodes. It should be quite a blast. <laughs> like we did last week, at the end of the show, we'll talk a little bit about how the series wrapped up and what we have planned next. But let's hear more from Rebecca about this week's episode. The, uh, the original air date was November 10th, 1984. And on this day in history, people were jamming out to Caribbean Queen by Billy Ocean. Scott? Oh, why can't I remember it now? Caribbean Queen. There you go. I don't know the words. I feel like I'm ready to skate. Caribbean Queen. My dad on repeat in in the early nineties. Big era for your house. Yeah. Words. That's that's why I thought I came out late '80s. I didn't know I came out this early. He must have been listening to it for years. <laughs> your that's dad a good, had a perfectly good tape. <laughs> yeah, it was. Had it on repeat. It's like I got this from Columbia House. I'm getting the most out of about <laughs> one that, cent. That was also on 107.3 The Wave. The Wave. <laughs> In this episode, Skeletor devises his most evil plan yet to make He-Man think he took another man's life. You can get up now. He-Man was completely fooled. I'll say. He really believes I'm dead here. Which was, and he accomplished this through straight up pranking slash a practical joke. <laughs> it's basically what this episode was, amounted to. Punked. He got punked. Yeah. And now, like any good prank, it wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of what I'm thinking because, um, are you guys, are you guys into pranks? Do you enjoy pranks? On me? On me or on other people? Well, pranks in general. I think there was an era in my life where, you know, you watch Jackass or uh, CKY, um, and you're like, that's kind of funny, but you're like, I don't want that ever to happen to me. I think I think you're on to something because I was going to uh, categorically say, no, it's never funny, but, but I completely I, forgot about Jackass. So there, I, there, there is a certain level. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. There is a certain level, but the next time you prank somebody, you got to beat that level. 
And then, uh, it, what, and then you just, if you're going on for you, years, you get into cruelty like, you're real just fast. Murdering, murdering people. <laughs> you're right. It only, it only ends with murder. Yeah. So, as we you're can like, see, pranks. Skeletor like, pranked too many people, and he ended up being a skull demon head does, who, who, pranks, who kills people. Because of pranks. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, I guess it would depend on the subject also. Like, yeah. are they deserving of it? Yeah. Are you making a statement? You know, sometimes it can, it can work. Uh, you know, it also matters if somebody has a lot of status, which is why I probably actually, like punked worked a little bit because the, the celebrities, their wildest dreams have come true. They can think their windshield they smashed finally met and it's Ashton okay. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> exactly. Their dreams have come dreams. true. Exactly, exactly. Um, no, I well, but I, as a rule, your friends. I what what I I think some of them are okay. Like you, you heard antiquing. What? Well, that already sounds cruel, though. <laughs> so you make so someone it, go antiquing yeah. on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's your only real day off. Um, oh. No, like you sleep over something like that, and then you like hit them with flour, and they look like an antique. That's, that's bizarre. I've never heard that expression before. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's it. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's no harm to them or anything else. There's a, like that. I'm okay with those types it's of pranks. It's just like casual con- you're, you're, you're not like punch them in the or anything or like you know something like that where they actually get hurt. It's just like you got some flour on your face and it's kind of funny. Right. Yeah. It was a trick. A dirty rotten trick. Are you, are, you, are, you, are you okay with that level? Or, that just seems or like you just some... not like. I think you got to know the room. You got to know the audience. Yeah. Who's doing it to strangers or your friends when they're trying to get through the day? Not great. Like 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 the the Sharpie marker thing. Did you guys ever do that? No. I oh, I did. I didn't either. I'm just saying. <laughs> me personally, I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I've seen it done. Uh huh. And it was not very nice. Did you just draw on somebody's face? Yeah. While they were yeah because they passed out or something. Okay. While they were asleep. Yeah. That's cruel. That was a big mistake, Skeletor. Yeah, I have no stomach for pranks. I just I can't do it. I cannot watch hidden camera shows. I cannot watch anything Sasha Baron Cohen has ever done because just, I'm just I can't with pranks. I just can't. Is it just the awkwardness? What is it? The awkwardness is a large part of it. Although okay. there are other things that I can watch that are intentionally awkward, even if they're scripted. Like I can I can it's not but it's not just that. I think it's just the unfairness of, of Someone not knowing there's a prank being played on them. Yeah. So, so the, somebody the, not having their the, full faculties the, to defend I, themselves. I, 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 I asked the awkward thing because my my significant other doesn't like awkward humor. So, like, she'll like change the channel, yeah. like during certain shows. Secondhand embarrassment. It's a thing. Yeah. Well, like she she like can't like can't even watch. Like it just bothers her. Like it's it's not. It's, I don't know. If it's just not funny to her. Like she doesn't understand. Or like like she just doesn't. It makes her feel uncomfortable, pretty much. Maybe there's an element of uh, fairness and unfairness too. Like both people have to have their wits. I just sort of believe that in this world, all we have are our communication skills and anything that obscures uh, truth. Like in a way to where someone is not, like you said, capable of handling something with their full faculties. It just I I can't stand it. it makes me itch on the inside. I hate it. Like if they're sleeping is what you're saying? Well, like sleeping, but I'm talking about like, you know, like anything where someone's like pulling a prank on somebody like, hey, somebody hit your car. Yeah. I hit your car, ma'am. Just something where there's deception. But like kids being morons each other, that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. I I think I take it down to like stupid kid pranks, but like, like you're saying, like you're actually deceiving somebody to saying like you're, 
you ran into their car and they're like they're getting like all upset and you're like no they're fine it's like your wife's dead but no 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 she's fine she's fine and you're like what just happened yeah is she dead is she not dead you believe me because i told you something (laughs) moron i I, I hate that like i'd really there's like a personality type of someone who really enjoys pranks and we can all agree we don't like those people (laughs) if you're someone who really enjoys pranks i implore you to maybe reconsider because we can't hang. <laughs> yeah. You don't want you don't want to have snacks with no, them. No, you don't. I like the guy who's could the be, prankster. He could have put something in your snacks. And I'd be like, just like apply yourself, okay? Take all the energy you spend pranking and just learn a trade or a craft. Or get, practice something. Pranking. Don't practice pranking. Practice does not make perfect. This is General Tartaran. They say I have no heart, but my Tamagotchi is still alive in Act 1. General Tatterman, how nice of you to respond so quickly to my call. It's hard to say no to one of your invitations, Skeletor. Well, what, what about this prank? What about you disguise someone as a dead man to trick He-Man <laughs> thinking he <laughs> killed someone? He doesn't not... have a heart, so he's not dead. That he's is just... not a nice prank. <laughs> So this is Skeletor's ultimate prank in this episode. Yeah, I didn't know goblins didn't have hearts. We learned that now. Yeah, that was a that was a cute little piece of lore. I so guess if it's Skeletor cute. summons the uh, general of the uh, these are the goblins, I think. Yes, um, Goblin General Tataran. And we saw him in that awesome episode where another group of aliens made some people fight. Uh, but he's the, he's the uh, goblin general. Looks like Trapjaw brought him in kind of against his will because Skeletor needs him from a, for his plan. And as Scott was saying, Skeletor wants this general because goblins have no hearts. And we're getting the first clue that uh, Skeletor is going to make a decoy dead man to trick He-Man into thinking he killed someone. <laughs> yes, that is the, the long plan as written. This time... He-Man is going to defeat himself. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just have to assume out how many years this has been and everything else and the carefree attitude of Prince Adam and all that. He-Man has to have killed somebody on accident. <laughs> you would I think. I mean, not, not, just, just in general, like the, the odds of it happening are very, very good. He just never paid attention, I think. It's just, maybe. It's just really got to hit him over the head with it, okay? Maybe, maybe he left before he found out that they died. Well, going back to your old prank, I figure like him hanging out with normal people is like... It's like he's in an antique store and he's just like breaking everything all the time. He's just rambunctious. He's just too much. He's too strong. He's too wild. So this uh, script was by Bob Ford and Leslie Leslie Wilson, and I'm you know just not without getting too far ahead of myself. A fantastic one, clearly. Yeah, it really a good was. one to end on, which as we'll discuss. And um, I think that they did a great job of actually showing him being a little careless. Like, you can see how it would have happened. Like, just being a little careless with rubble. Like, he just uh-huh. getting a little bit wild. I think that they actually took a, a bit of care with that. They really showed that happening. Like, how that could feasibly happen. How just a little bit of carelessness could add up. And make one deadly mistake in his eyes. Um, they had some fantastic details here in the the opening scenes i loved first of all how um he he referred uh general tataran referred to uh trap jaw as a human can a walking can opener mm-hmm. he says i don't want to be a, like i'm gonna be brought in here by a walking can opener love that 
And then I love the little bit where Skeletor wants to share his plan with Tataran, and so he's trying to get Trapjaw out of the room. And Trapjaw is dawdling by standing there and like messing with his arm attachments. Uh-huh. He's just like standing there fiddling with it and ignoring Skeletor, and it was hilarious. Just yeah, like a and kid. Yeah, like Skeletor's like trying to give him, drop him hints. Yeah, which he, makes it even funnier. Yeah, he's just he's totally he's not like, listening. We, we need to talk alone. And he's like, yeah, 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 okay, okay. Yeah, he's like standing there fiddling with his mechanical arms. I thought that was hysterical. I loved that detail. Rapjaw. Right here, master. Get out of here! Right, master, right. So right away you kind of get the sense that this is going to be an episode that is nuanced. I do like that a lot. Um, And of course, I love when the goblins show up. They're great. That's why I called on you. You mean for my brains? So, um, they're building a large structure. Here's the plan. It is a large structure that's being erected at a village called Zack. Zack? Zack? I think so. By the Crystal Sea. And this is going to be a dimensional portal. The plan is that the Skeletor is going to entice He-Man to come. And this large structure is purposely being built in a wobbly way so that He-Man will accidentally topple it and we slot a dead man under it and slot a dead man under <laughs> yeah. it good plan just like under the wrestling ring it's, it's like the ultimate slip and fall <laughs> yes <laughs> the ultimate slip and fall scheme so uh, I love also Duncan would be the person with the eye to be, be like that's not built soundly I did love that too yeah so <laughs> they all get out there to inspect the building side and he's just like he can't point out he can't point that out fast enough. That right side doesn't seem safe to me. The supports are weak. So uh, when they cut back over to Skeletor, and he's uh, already talking about the booby trap they have set up on the wobbly pillar, and he uh, transforms the General Tataran into a like a const- uh, like a He-Man era construction worker. And he also puts a he has a force field belt on him. Yeah. So when the thing falls on the General, he won't die, but he won't also be making a heartbeat. Perfect. Get ready now. Here comes He-Man. Yeah, this is a very complicated and, as we're going to see, very effective plan. Yeah. (laughs) So Skeletor's plan to trick He-Man into busting that pillar is almost exactly what you would expect. He gets in He-Man's face, starts zapping him, and then pretty much just playing like a ring around the rosy around it like a tree. And He-Man gets impatient and he says, can't go around it and have to go through it. Yeah, and this is where I was talking about how they showed him just being a little bit careless. Because he's done this him. a million times before. He has. Sure. Yeah, you fool, you can't reach me. That's what you think, Skeletor. If I can't go around, I'll come through. No. And, uh, yeah, so that works. <laughs> well, while He-Man's uh, basking in his achievement, knocking it down, uh, um... Orko and Duncan are gasping because uh, they see that it fell on a guy. No! There there, there was someone under there! And I think the worst part about this scene was all the other witnesses around it. They're all these, like, normal guys, and that added to the horror because it grounded it and made it more of a real thing. Yes! No, what have I done? And even the score starts to get a little different and a little more eerie for the whole episode. Yeah, it was. This is when the episode really starts to kind of flip the switch and do this this tone change, and once you realize that the episode is going to become tonally different, you know you accept it. But it is like quite jarring when it when this first happens. Like you said, when the villagers are around, 
And um, <laughs> it's it's interesting. Like they have Duncan and Orko going and trying to sift through the rubble and trying to like lift these rocks up off of you know what the you know this is Tataran disguised. Um, and in the meantime, Skeletor is there to stir up uh, trouble. He disguises himself with just regular magic power. And I'm actually very sad that Evil Lynn didn't get to have a part in this plot. Yeah, I was just thinking this was an Evil Lynn kind of thing yeah, to do. Yeah, this is like her specialty is transforming herself into villagers and weird, oh, I, you know, I wish it was, I wish, I wish Evil Lynn turned into that guy. Yeah. Because that would have been, been really funny. And, and Skeletor's disguise is a villager with a skullet. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. was great. That there was is a, a lot of, of skullets, though, that. in, in Eternia, I feel yeah. like. It's a, common, it's a common cut, common do. Yeah. Oh, at the Eternia Fantastic Sam's. This is Duncan. I have the power of He-Man in Act 2 if you're not using it. He-Man uh, pulls the rubble off of the of the guy and there's no heartbeat and uh, Skeletor shows up in disguise and he's like, it's my brother! <laughs> you did this, He-Man. You killed him. Like, just really, really laying it on thick to get all the rabbling vis- uh, villagers to be upset and to make He-Man doubt himself as a human being. And, 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 and now there will be a few instances where I don't know what I expected from everybody else, but I thought their reactions were a little funny. So He-Man immediately tries to exile himself or, or go away go away for a little bit because of what horrible thing just happened. And he immediately walks away. And then uh, Orga wants to follow, and Duncan's like, he needs to be alone right now. The subtext being, he just killed a man. Right. <laughs> right. And, and I thought it was kind of weird. He-Man just walks away. Should he have at least said, I'm sorry to the brother or anything? He's just like, I... I kill normals sometimes. <laughs> well, it does happen. He was near the pillar. He was traumatized, I assume. Right. He wasn't thinking too clearly. Um, it, and it bothers him so much that he has to go stand on like a parapet somewhere and, and think about his problems. And and this tone shift, it didn't happen gradually. It was pretty abrupt. And I thought, you know, like, this is going to be awkward. All of a sudden we got He-Man grappling with something very serious. And when the episode kind of got to this point, I was like, hmm, well, this is not what I expected. But then by the time the episode ends, I am totally on board with mm-hmm. it. Is that, was that your experience? Mm-hmm. Today I broke a promise and proved myself unworthy of the great power that was given me. And if I am unworthy, I can no longer permit myself to be He-Man. So Orko sees the trick. Orko sees what happened. Yes. Um, and uh, so he wants to run back and tell He-Man. And also at this time, um, the people at the palace are looking on the view screen and seeing that work resumes on that dimensional gate. And this was especially funny to me. The gate was a real thing also. That's like a, also <laughs> a legitimate also part of the story. That. It's like, let's make a fake thing to follow him. But also, while we've got the building material, let's do make that gate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny to me. That was like, funny uh, too. Uh, yeah, that was the whole plot during the whole thing, right? Yes. Oh, oh. Uh, so I guess Orko doesn't get away. They, they catch they Orko. Him. Yeah, yes. okay. So he does get captured. He does get waylaid while yes. He-Man is having his soul-searching period here. Yes. And the goblins are... You know, starting to trickle in through the the dimension, which was gate, really cool. Which is being like, which is being reconstructed and constructed properly this time. It was yeah, it was like Starcraft or something. It was so cool. <laughs> so here, so here's where uh, He Man is 
is uh, having his dilemma. He's he's gone all the way back to Castle Grayskull, and he decides he didn't want to be He-Man anymore. And then and then the animators decide to make it from like a, a like a five to six, just just clocking in every day to like a ten. Be like, we're gonna shadow this and everything, make it make a real series. Yeah, they put real, a lot of work emotional. into it. Yeah, you're just like, I, I think it's just the shadows. Like when, whenever they add shadows and like make it seem more, you're just like, man, you, you why don't you do this all the time? <laughs> yeah, like, it's cinematic. <laughs> in a way, you know, yeah. we're not used it to. It was, it was very cinematic, yeah. and um, also very poignant. You know, if you usually calls on the power of you know gray skull he does the opposite and he says let the power return yeah that with was, his that, sword held yeah, it was really neat i was like ah and then um sorceress is there too because she's like it's like if you're going to do this i have to watch let the power return was she there yeah she was in the background oh, like, i didn't see it. like just a little like she comes in oh. at the end of it um, yeah, just no, just for a second, but yeah, wow. he shows that she's there. Like she knows about this too, and so He Man chucks his sword into the bottomless abyss by Castle Grayskull, which he has also gone fishing in. Well, like, and, and and Duncan was there while he was while he was like dropping his sword and stuff. It's like Duncan, come on, man! Like you, you're 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 a smart guy. Like you know you know He Man's needed. Yeah, right, right. You know, like I I know you probably can't convince him, but like. Hey, don't just get rid of it. You know, just 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 set it just set it on the shelf for a little bit, maybe. Now, he man, are you sure you're this. going to let your balloon up under the sky? Yeah. Are you sure or like here, playing with the balloon? here, give it to me. I'll throw it in, and then don't throw it in, and then be like, I didn't throw it in. <laughs> so, uh, like Scott was saying, you know, there's so many things that could have happened here. Uh, he, he could have given it to Duncan for safekeeping. Um, I was also thinking. Wouldn't the sorceress be like, if you feel that's appropriate, now let's think of a new champion because He-Man powers would be needed. <laughs> uh, it could have gone to Tila. She'd be the next obvious choice. Uh, um, I mean, they got plans for her, but shes I, I still think she's too much of a fighter. I think she should have been next He-Man. Or um, it could have gone to Stratos. It could have it gone to anybody. What a goal for school. His good hand. Oh, good, good. Yeah, he can oh, wield it with awesome his good hand. That would be awesome if he just, like, held up his hand and it like got lightning bolts into it. <laughs> and then his oh, hand gets man. real big. <laughs> the power of the fist. <laughs> he doesn't even need a sword. It's just him, <laughs> like, singing his song. <laughs> like, he's just real, real into it. So he's got a sword in one hand, and then his fist becomes giant. And, uh, again, not to undercut the uh, drama here, because this is, this is He-Man making a choice. This is not something that he ever gets to do. I brought the Wind Raider, Adam. Let's go home. This is Skeletor. We'll see Fisto Spider in Act 3. He really gets around. What is it now, Duncan? Skeletor again? I'm afraid so, Your Majesty. So now we've got all the problems of Eternia that um, <laughs> Randor is expecting He-Man to be able to solve, and Duncan's like... He-Man's not available. Like, just no more words. He can keep a secret. He's a good dude. He's a bro. And uh, we also have, you know, like, this pressing problem of this dimensional portal that is bringing through a large army of goblins. Like, mm, call He-Man. Like, okay, nope, that's not. Well, let's go to plan B. They don't have a plan B. And Tila comes through with the save, which is a small 
Mesotronic is what they call it. A mesotronic bomb? Exactly. A mesotronic bomb mm -hmm. that one person could carry in and it could, if you deployed it close enough to the portal, it could crumble it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, was super, super neat to see her, you know, brave and volunteering for that mission or whatever. It was made me think, see, she's such a worthy He-Man. She would have been a great He-Man. She it's is. Basically, like, that, that whole scene, too, was real, was real fast. It was basically like a suicide mission. And, like, yeah. Duncan knew it. Duncan knew it. She, he's, like, he's like, is she going to be okay? No. <laughs> no, she's not gonna be okay. Oh, this is grim, though. You gotta. Yeah, it was really. It was, it was pretty the grim. Guard. She gotta put her. I was like, I was like, did he just let Tila go like that? Yeah, he did. He ain't gonna stop her. You can't stop her. Yeah, you can't stop her. I know that. And Wild hearts can't be it. broken. That's true. Uh, she. So I, it made me think. Also, um, I wonder if they were thinking a little bit about like, Star Wars stuff. It reminds me of like the Return of the Jedi. You know, when Leia goes in dressed like the bounty hunter and she has the the bomb with her in Jabba's palace or whatever. Yeah. I yeah. if it was something like a little thinking a little bit about that too it was really cool you know so tila has this terrifying plan and they reluctantly agree to let her go carry it out and um at the same time orko finally figures out a way to get out of the magical cell that's been holding him and this added a little bit of much needed levity i think to the to the scene without making it go too silly um, Orko figured out that he couldn't do magic on a cell, but he could do magic on himself and then shrink out enough to fly between the bars, which was an oversight on Skeletor. <laughs> <laughs> We're all happy he got out. And he went and he immediately informed Adam of Skeletor's duplicitous task that he had done, his duplicitous deed. Orko? Of course it's me! Oh, sorry! And uh, Adam is now like, oh, crap because Tila is off on this mission that she thinks only she can achieve by herself. Ready to die. Ready to give herself for like the honor of Eternia, which is awesome. Look, I love in movies and in television when uh, someone sacrifices themselves. I like, I think like that's just the ultimate, you can't go better than that. Well, she thinks, I mean, she's completely selfless for the- Yeah. And that's safety, what that is. Safety of Eternia, you yeah. know. So why don't you say why don't you say have sorcerers just come in there and just bird it up and drop <laughs> I, drop drop that bomb right on them. That is true. I could have flown it over there. <laughs> Anytime you never you've, call me when you have a problem. <laughs> Anytime you've got birds in your story, it's a plot hole problem like Lord of the Rings, everybody keeps talking about that. That's so funny. I tried to press the button, but I have talents. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Tiny Orko was a... Uh, super cute and so now adam uh is racing to the uh bottomless abyss near castle grayskull so he can race a uh sky sled yes. uh direct directly uh up and down vertically <laughs> down the abyss as fast as it can go which we have seen before we have seen sky sleds can go into the in, into the abyss so that is like you know in canon so far of what we've experienced luckily his sword has bounced on a giant spider web and there it lies with a spider and his decision to go down there and retrieve it, I think it was really, you know, it was like a switch was flipped when he learned that Tila had volunteered herself for this yeah. very dangerous mission. He's like, what have I done? I've absolutely got to stop her. I've got to help her. He-Man has to come here. It doesn't matter how I feel. This is, you know, this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. He falls into a spider web uh, in there. 
Uh, at this point, too, I was thinking, ooh, would it be cool if a faker had gotten a sword down there and had to get it? <laughs> That's just too much to put in one episode. Maybe if it's a two-parter, they could have faker back, but nah. Well, it would have been good if, like, if they, like, he was, like, wrapped up in, like, spider, spider webs. Yeah, yeah, or he's broken uh, up yeah, down like there the, or something. Yeah, something. Yeah, that would have been fun. Well, the uh, Fisto's spider, the spider that looks like Fisto's spider all the time is down there. <laughs> but I, uh, Adam manages to reach his sword and call down the power of He-Man again. Yes, thank goodness. And meanwhile, Tila's plan to be able to detonate this bomb is to get captured on purpose by the goblins. They know that she knows that they will bring her directly to Skeletor in front of the gate, and they do. That's right, boys. Take me to Skeletor and the gate. Tila, in a moment of the episode, that may be like, oh, come on, Tila, just press the button. She uh, threatens Skeletor with the pushing of the button of the detonator. Um, yeah, she always gets away with uh, not having to do it, and it almost looks like everybody's going to run away, but Skeletor zaps her real fast. Yeah, but luckily... As Tila has been incapacitated by Skeletor momentarily, zoop, here comes everybody. Uh, the problem is that when the uh, bomb device fell, it was damaged a little bit, so the timer is going off. So uh, Skeletor decides he's going to hightail it out of there on a sky sled, and then uh, He-Man and Tila are uh, left to, to deal with uh, the bomb. See you later, suckers. Yeah, Skeletor pieces out. He's good. What are we going to do? Only one thing we can do. Run for it. And they got away. Although, Tila did get a little bit crushed in rubble. Okay, they, all, he, they got crushed in rubble. Yeah, they got crushed he, in he some rubble. He-Man busted out. To be, and, you know, like to speak to his concern. Okay, He-Man, you can kill one villager in rubble. Okay, and that's an unfortunate accident. The more people who get crushed in rubble that you are friends with, I think maybe you got a problem with carelessness. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, I get it. Well, so, so do, do, do you feel like for like a one, two seconds he thought that Tila was dead? Yes. Okay. They really did sort of make it seem like okay, he could have right. been like, not again. I mean, yeah, yeah. They played, the yeah. They played with that a little moments. bit. They want you to worry. Yeah. 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 Tila? Oh, I must have bumped my head. Tila, you're all right. Why, E-Man, I didn't know you cared. <sighs> I was worried. I'm fine. Let's go home. <laughs> so I did, you know, I did, I did think that the, that part was sweet. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say that too. I, I think sometimes they uh, are on the wrong side of the damsel in distress thing, but they played with this just carefully enough. I think it came off uh, sweet and pretty funny because she didn't need the help and even said a few times like you really don't have to carry me and he kept making flimsy excuses about why he was going to keep doing well, it I, 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 I love the line it's like well i'll just carry you halfway and she's like well why are you carrying me halfway <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's just, like i just i just 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 i'm just gonna do it and even in the midst of you know like all of that you know near catastrophe they still have some nice banter and it was sweet and i really i really liked it yeah and and they 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 are a good fit. I, I yeah. think I think they would I think that would work. I think that's real. That was really cute. Well, I, th I think even 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 her and Prince Adam would be okay too. I think that would have been really interest really good too because because I, I think he would still be charming and funny to her in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. He would be, but she'd be like, I don't care if you're my boyfriend. We're still gonna have to practice swords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'd be good for him. Hey, man. Yes, Tila. You can put me down now. If you don't feel up to walking, I could carry you back. 
It's no trouble, you know. He-Man, I'm fine. Trust me. <laughs> I trust you, but to be on the safe side, maybe I should carry you part of the way. What good will carrying me part of the way do? I don't know. I just thought... And so we get uh, Duncan telling us that safety is important. Okay, this this moral from Duncan, and, and, do, and I do want to talk about the episode more, mm -hmm. but just the moral from Duncan right on the heels of this touching scene between Tila and He-Man was hilarious because, first of all, it was another one that was just crazy. It was like five morals in one, and he was just throwing <laughs> everything at the wall to see what would stick because it was like, safety is important. And then he worked in, don't play with matches. Like, that was in there, too. And then he basically ends up saying, just think about what you're doing. Like, <laughs> to a child. Like, you know, the kid's doing something real. Like, they're stacking something precarious, and they're going to climb on it. It's just like, think about what you're doing. You could say that to a child. They will not understand. Did no. you hear him also one time? <laughs> no, they would not. He said, he said, he said, I know you know not play with matches. You could burn your toys. Yeah, <laughs> burn your toys. Well, that was burn a hilarious line. The burning your toys cracked me up. He just talked about it. He just said every last moral he could think of. It's like he just had to make sure. It's my last one. I got to get them all in. And then he's just really frustrated. Just, just, just think about what you're doing. <laughs> I can't possibly do it in this amount of time. Just think about it. Use your head. Using the safety belt when riding in a car can save your life or prevent you from being seriously hurt. Now, I know you've been told never to play with matches because if you do, you're playing with fire. And fire can burn your toys, your home, your family, you. So use your common sense and think about what you're doing. It's better to be safe than sorry. This episode, I think, was fantastic. I did too. And I really, really, really... I mean, like, I... I know that this wasn't the last one to air, so I know you picked this one on purpose. It was the last one to oh, air. Oh, it wasn't the last one to be produced. Right. Okay, okay. So it, in production order, that it, this wasn't the last one per se. Right. This is the fantastic last one for us to end on. Yes. Because I really, 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 first of all, I like that He-Man is given a choice mm -hmm. because throughout the series, they don't really have much of one. He yeah, that's really interesting. He just has to show up. Mm-hmm. He has to show desire and initiative. And then he has to do a truly heroic thing, which is to endure discomfort. Mm -hmm. And that is a thing that I think we don't valorize enough in our culture. Just how he was willing to suffer and struggle. I was thinking particularly of that scene where he, as Prince Adam, is trying really hard to reach his sword having to go down into the bottomless abyss as Prince Adam, and he has this little dark night of the soul. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a hero's journey story. You know, he, he comes out at the end having found himself. Well... And it was lovely. That, yeah, I, think, I, think that's, I think that's very well said. I mean, a, another dimension to that same argument is, is that I think for the first time we see He-Man as a person and a character instead of uh, just yeah. a, a force of nature and the I mean almost a deus ex machina to, to come in at the right. end he he actually has to make it he, like you say he actually has to make choices he actually has to suffer things you actually see his personality and I and something I used to br bring up ad nauseum before was the difference between him and Prince Adam and I, I feel like I can kind of see how it works now how it's just sort of one personality and then he just sort of does an affectation uh, of foppishness for uh, 
Prince Adam a little bit, even though he clearly has a sense of humor as both. I, I just think it was it was great. Like He Man really came home at the end. Yeah, it was it was really it was it was it was really good. And and uh, if we're talking about ratings here a little bit too, yeah, I think okay, I think so. I would I would say you know a lot of times we'll evaluate He Man on its own terms. So He Man is good or bad often based on. Whether we saw the toys, you know, um, were there funny things? How well was it paced? You know, was it a tight story? But this is one of the ones where it was just like thematically rich and everything. And like Scott was saying, all the weird shading and cinematic detail. I just, if you were going to give a He-Man episode of five, I would do it for this one. I would say if, if we had, if, if, if we were, were going, if to, we had to rate them all against each other, this would be on the five end of the spectrum. I mean, I absolutely agree with that. My score that I would settle on would be a four point nine, and it could have been a five if, when He-Man was carrying Tila, she said, "You know, you don't have to carry me," and he would have said, "I know." You know I'm Prince Adam, right? And she'd have been like, I know. Five. That would have been a five. That would have been my five. And I gave it a 4.9 and I docked this beautiful episode. 0.1 points because it's the last episode of He-Man and they didn't tell Tila. Why didn't they? I loved it though. 4.9. Yeah, me too. (laughs) We're going to pretend she knew. She did know. She did know, but they didn't tell her and that is wrong. You got to tell her. Okay. Just like Marlena. They didn't tell her either. I didn't tell her. I mean, she knew. She doesn't. She She knew, knew. but she didn't need to know. Tila needs to know. It's just rude that they didn't tell her. Can't believe it's the final episode of He Man, and I had to still talk about how they never told Tila. I thought that that joke would serve me in one episode, and then they'd like tell her one episode later. They never did. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag tell Tila. Scott, tell Rebecca what you write this episode. (laughs) Yeah. So I did. I did. I was gonna say four point seven, but it was it was a great episode. And uh, 4.8. It's not going to be Tiny Skeletors, though. <laughs> uh, and that was the five. Uh, just because that was a lot That was a lot more fun. And I, right. it was just, yeah, whatever. And we, but, we miss Evil Lynn. Yeah, but but if, if this was a He-Man movie and they made it longer and a better yeah, story. it would have been a good movie. Yeah. It would have been a good movie. Yeah. Like a nice, nice, you know, nice cartoon movie, which would have been like an hour and 15 minutes or something like that. It would have been a good movie. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's a, that's, a, that's a good one to ride out on. That's our show for today and the last He-Man review episode. Wow. Yeah, boo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, 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 boo. I'm gonna cry. But next week, we'll review the Masters of the Universe movie starring Dolph Lundgren, Frank Langella, and Courtney Cox playing the Earth girl, Julie. Where she gets brought up on stage. (laughs) Where she gets brought up on stage by Skeletor to dance. (laughs) On the last episode of our He-Man and She-Ra podcast, we'll reflect on the whole run of He-Man and She-Ra and on our show. And then there will be a montage set to Green Day's Time of Your Life (laughs) that we will play at graduation, and you will also have to look at our baby pictures. I'm just kidding. Then we'll have some exciting news about what's next for the podcast. In the meantime, we'll... How can people find us online? They can go to our website, which is thewizardsnightshirt.com. Uh, if you have any questions or comments for us to discuss, you can email us at rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com. I think you've got one more chance. <laughs> one more chance. <laughs> we will we will just make a podcast of reading stuff if you if you if you just send it. 
Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes. As always, we want to thank you for listening. And please remember, do not throw objects into the bottomless abyss. You will not get them back. Trapjaw, the general and I have important business to discuss. Oh, yes, master. It has nothing to do with you. Oh, yes, master. Trapjaw. Right here, master. Get out of here! Right, master, right. Now, the thing is where all our action figures' accessories went. Yes. Oh, man. Can you imagine if, like, they made, they took, like, Faker's head and put him on, like, the spider? Oh, that'd be fantastic. Oh. Yeah. I would love that. He's like a Y'all invented toys now. <laughs> All right, little boys. I'm taking notes. What do you want? We want Funko's going to come out with that later. Ugh. Now, what do you want for oh, Christmas, little boy? Maybe part, part evil, of the evil spike orange is the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> he just has like he has like eyebrows that like go down. <laughs> maybe the uh, maybe the spider like part of his body is made from like old sky sleds that got busted up down there. Oh, that would be great. Or or no, Faker. Baker. <laughs>